0: So um, I had a a new experience. Well, a new spiritual gift, in fact. Really? I had a song of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. So so we're watching House of Games. Do you know House of Games, Richard Osman? Yes, House of you Games. and I have
1: disagreed on this before. Okay, well, because I think it's tedious. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no! It's brilliant. There's a there's a okay. there's a song round, where they put up the sort of first letter. Of each of mm. the words in the song. And you have to guess the song anyway. The, the category was something like Nordic bands or something like that. And they'd done Bjork and this sort of thing. Anyway, so I started singing to Rachel before they'd asked the question. Before anything mm. came up, I started singing to her. It must have been love, but it's all over now. must have been good, but I lusted some. Anyway, started singing. And sure enough, that's the song. That came up next And she looked at me And it's nice to know I can still surprise Rachel After all mm. these years 36 mm. and a half years of marriage She looked at me like You know There's a man who's just had A song of knowledge He's so in touch with the divine <laughs> she,
1: she could just have been startled At the horrible noise That was coming out of your head.
0: <laughs> well, there is that <laughs> Anyway That was a particularly high moment In an otherwise very dull And dreary week. <laughs>
1: Welcome everybody to episode 143 of the Mid Crisis podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Page, and I am working with Joe Davis. You there are. he is. Thank you. Uh, you're very, um, you're very busy. Oh, I know. Ridiculously busy. You weren't last week, and now you are this week. Oh,
0: it's crazy. It's like someone switches a, a, a switch, and it's like, right, let's just do all the work now. Mm, um, yeah, that's great. I say I'm ridiculous, but am I? I don't know. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm perhaps I'm just working the hours a normal person. would. I don't know whether <laughs> I work hard or not. I to think this a... is interesting because I never feel like I work hard, except at certain points when I'm absolutely desperate. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. and then I think like I have put the hours in, but... Generally, I always think other people are working harder than I am. Yeah, well, I do too. I don't know. I don't want to work hard. I don't know. No, no. I mean, some people the love aim. their jobs, don't they? But well, quite... I love my job. I love my job. Yeah, I do. I, I just don't like working hard at it. No, I don't. There's a lot to be said as well for not working. Well, I think <laughs> this is true. I think this is undoubtedly true. In fact, Actually, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it, that when you do these analyses of your time, you find that you end up, you know, doing a lot of time not working, Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of not work in it rather than work. And that's somehow I think that's quite important to it, really. But no, yeah. I do think I think that, seriously, I mean, sometimes I think we can be harder on ourselves. I'm sure you work pretty hard and you have mm. to be organised. I do. That's the
0: fright. I mean, you know, Joe Davis organised. There's there's normally words that don't go together in the same sentence. No. But I, ha-
1: I have to be. It's frightening. No, the big... I, I yeah, can't. I can't do it. <laughs> well, no, actually, that's the point is, I do love it when I get the time to organise things. Yes, I, but I tend to think I do it as a distraction from working hard <laughs> 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 to get out of it. I'll do some organisation rather than you just actual work.
0: Organise your fountain pens. That's exactly right.
1: <laughs> anyway, how else
0: has your week been? What else d- have where, you doing? Uh, do you know? Uh, well, I've been doing my home videos, obviously workout videos, because can't go to the gym. So, you know, okay. there's, so on the wonderful world of YouTube, you can do hip classes, uh, yeah, you can yeah, do dance, yeah. but the one I particularly am enjoying at the moment is this kind of jazz funk 3,000 step workout, and it's with this, <laughs> I mean, you think I'm extrovert, you should see the guy on this video. Oh, they're all like that. Though, <laughs> and it's amazing. Well, it's actually really good fun and a very good way, when you can't get out like today because it's pouring with rain, it's a good way of getting 3,000 steps in in 23 minutes. 3000 steps 23
1: minutes it's what, fun do you, do you just walk around your living room or no something? you what
0: can't do you do? no then there's kind of stepping and it's a kind of cross between marching stepping and a few dance
1: moves and it's all i've okay. put the link up i'll put put the link in the show notes. And, it's wonderful and, and there's <laughs> a lot great. of exhortation going on is there <laughs> there's yeah. plenty of exhortation Cause when i used to in the happy days when i could play squash <laughs> yeah. i mean i don't mean i physically can't now i I can, yeah. I am just haven't been allowed to since. <laughs> yes, before. I see what you mean. Yeah. After our squash game, we also used to walk back up the corridor and there'd be a, a um, spinning class going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And yeah. it's all dark with flashing lights. Yeah. And, and this woman is screaming, literally yeah. screaming, at the people in the spinning class. Yeah, and they pay and for And I that. thought to myself, well, yeah, <laughs> what is the difference between that and torture? <laughs> that Not a lot. Like, <laughs> no. I know. Very strange.
0: Yeah, so that's good. Cool. Also, had a lovely chat to a listener, uh, John, who has written a book about mid crisis. It's oh, excellent. Really? Yeah, he sent me a preview copy. It's wonderful. Uh, it's really good. Maybe we'll talk about that later, when it when, as and when it comes out. But uh, okay, great. well yeah. done, John. As you know, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And speaking of books, and I don't really like to speak about books that aren't written by you. This of, is true. For obvious reasons, but... But Brian McLaren has written a new book, basically all about mid-faith crisis. It's called Faith After Doubt. And, uh, uh, you know, it would be remiss of us not to mention it on this podcast because it really is excellent. And if you're feeling, you know, lonely and isolated and wondering what to do with all your questions, read that book by Brian McLaren, Faith, Af- Faith After Doubt. It's really, really good. Yeah. Good. Excellent.
1: excellent. Yeah. So that's that. That's what's going on. And I'm working. How are you? Uh, Yes, all right. had our wedding anniversary this week. Oh, congratulations. Uh, How many? Well, 36 years. Just behind you we were. Oh, Um, good. And we celebrated by, uh, in fact, not doing anything. How lovely. (laughs) Well, no, Claire went to a governor's meeting online. So, I mean, that's living the dream, isn't (laughs) it? Yeah, that's... She's such a romantic, that one. I know. I, I, you know, we put flowers out and candles. No, no. I'm enjoying the little things. I discovered these grapes. Now, this is going to seem really trivial. OK. You discovered but grapes. Do, do you ever... Right. No, you don't, don't <laughs> grapes in and of themselves. I think we both know that you and I have discovered the grape oh, yeah, quite a yeah, long time ago. um we did. <laughs> um, I go into Waitrose. I don't shop at Waitrose very often, but when I go in, I go mm. for specific things. I don't know if you like this. You know, like I go mm. in for village cheese, which is mm. wonderful. Mm. They're Assam tea which is great. Okay, good, yeah. And then I bought these grapes because they were on special offer, right? Right. They were cheap. Okay. They're called Vittoria and they're the best grapes I've ever tasted. Really? I mean, they are amazing. Black grapes. or white grapes? Black. Well, but okay. they taste a bit like a cross between a grape and a blueberry or something like that. They're just... Ooh. And I've been really enjoying it. I never thought that high point of my week... <laughs> Up to something. Here we are. Welcome it's to pathetic, the Mid Faith Crisis
0: Podcast. Today we're talking
1: grapes. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> grape. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Thank you very much. Hi Angel. <laughs> uh um and uh Oh and the cricket's back. That's Oh hurrah. Well that is good. Well, today's been good, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been good, yeah. But I just generally cricket back. Yeah. Test cricket's back on. Oh, and I've been buying seeds. Have you? Ready Any particular reason?
0: Oh, I see, yes. Well, for planting.
1: Not to peck at. <laughs> no. no, 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 I've got the grapes for that. Okay. Do you know And the problem is with seeds, I've discovered, you know this. You just, I've now got enough seeds to plant out Kew <laughs> yeah. gardens. That's I don't know right. what I'm going to do with them.
0: Well, you grow them and then you send some plants to me.
1: Well, we could have a seed exchange. Oh no, that sounds all wrong. Doesn't that, it?
0: That does, doesn't say, I don't think it's this this is that kind of podcast. To be that fair. Sounds
1: very bad. <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's move on from <laughs> from that. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk today. I think we're going to talk about the you know this topic we've been threatening to talk about for a while, yeah. which is when do you know the mid faith crisis is over, or exactly. what do you do if it never seems to be over? Yes,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. But first, I guess we got feedback, Yes, we? we have got feedback.
0: We have. And we got some lovely feedback. And I'm sorry we're not doing all of it, but there you are. It would be a long episode. Uh, so firstly, Phil. Thank you, Phil. He says, many thanks to the latest podcast. I'm grateful you didn't dwell on the troubling start to 2021. Appreciate you being positive, hopeful and encouraging. Is he, talking about, is he talking about us? I'm not sure. Uh, Anyway, blah, blah. He said, it was good to hear you both reflecting again on your themes and words for the coming year. As you'll appreciate from my above ramblings, your determination to live as a bringer of hope is certainly something that resonates with me as something that we all need to do. So thank you. And Nick's desire to creatively express more of the real Nick is also what the world needs. And he says here, no sarcastic comment here, Joe. (laughs) As if. (laughs) He says, it made me think of that oft-used quotation attributed to Michelangelo. Uh, when he says that David was always there in the marble, I just took away everything that was not David, or words to that effect. Mm. And he says, It is surely a part of each of our life's work to discover and uncover the real me, not in an egotistical, self centered way, but so that we can be who we really are created to be and bring to the world that which we were created to bring. He says, My theme and word is the same as it has been for a number of years now, and it's childlikeness. And certainly not childishness, which I manage very well without any thought or encouragement. He says, Jesus tells us that we need to become like little children. And I really believe this is foundational uh, to us and certainly to me, becoming and living as the people we are meant to be. It's not at all that we dismiss all the good things that come with adulthood and maturity, but we ally these things with a childlike heart and spirit and approach to life. Curiosity, yeah. enthusiasm, joy, hope, humility, openness, playfulness, wonder. Anyway, enough of these witterings. I do like the idea of a focus on finding God in the ordinary and every day and look forward, as always, to the coming years podcast. Thank you. That's a, good, that's a good word, isn't it? Childlikeness.
1: Very, very good. Like enjoying grapes enjoying grapes and is a I childlike feel I've wonder embodied that
0: yeah and i think also i mean we've said this before children are so great at being in that present moment yeah and yeah. Uh, you know so much to learn from them That's as regards good. that yeah okay so
1: talking talking of your words then mm. how have you done on the hope this week well i i hope i've been a bringer of hope I, it's really difficult for me to comment. I feel
0: like again it's one of those things other people need to. Mm, you
1: know, how okay. can I,
0: how can I judge whether I've done that? It's a bit That's like true. have I been more Christ-like?
1: That's not for me
0: to say really. I think it's probably more. But have you has it has it
1: been intentional part of your week? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely really been I have to do that.
0: I have definitely started my day thinking how am I going to bring hope today mm, and to good. whom? Shall I bring? I think home? that's
1: that's the main thing you can do. It? Yeah, that's yeah. It.
0: Whether, whether I've succeeded is for others yeah. to determine.
1: I suspect. How
0: about you? How's how's yours going? Yeah,
1: good. I mean, I've done, I've I've tried to do lots of sketching and drawing basically. Ah, excellent. So it's part of that oh, whole thing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on it. Just and I think the thing is to give yourself the opportunity to do it. So I've just kept a sketchbook, a rough sketchbook, on my desk, and I, you know, if I got five minutes, I just. Yeah. Doodle well, or draw a picture or
0: something like that, you know.
1: Well, we, we're
0: going to talk a little bit more about that because we've had another email in from a Nick. Um, oh, right, okay. He thinks he's Nick Four. I think he might be right, actually. uh But anyway, it is lovely to hear from him. Hi, he says, Hi, Joe and Nick. Greetings to you both 2021. Your first podcast of 2021 was the highlight of the year. Although there there hasn't been much competition, if we're honest. As another Nick, I got very animated when I saw the episode title. Your Nickness has a ring of your highness about it. So I I thought it would be worth suggesting it to my family as an appropriate form of personal address. Sadly, they quickly disabused me of that idea, but I'm still hopeful it might stick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> After that initial disappointment, I was really thought provoked by your reflections on the value of exploring and celebrating our own unique selves. Each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made, surely. However, your discussion also set an evangelical alarm bell ringing in my head. Setting out to own my niceness could be seen to be in conflict with what Jesus said, that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. For a lot of my church life, this self-denial aspect was emphasised to the extent that I was constantly questioning the rightness of my own desires and passions. Living for God meant setting aside our own plans and desires, always treating them with suspicion and caution. I've since become more comfortable with the idea that God can speak to us through our deepest desires and finds joy when we explore and express our truest selves. But that pesky alarm bell still rings at times. Any thoughts, Can we nicks truly own our nicness whilst also denying ourselves in the way Jesus apparently calls us to do? Warmest greetings to you both from Linda and me, yearning for a meet-up in Lee Abbey in June. Yes, amen. Me too. Uh, I think this is a really
1: good question. I do. And a a really big issue. Yeah. And I think there is some validity in both viewpoints, actually. I wouldn't be quick to dismiss the denying yourself kind of self-discipline thing. And and it's something I thought about quite recently, really, because, yeah, I I do think that it may be, you know, with all the talk of finding yourself and expressing yourself and being the you God meant you to be. Yeah. It can easily tip over into, you know, into just this sort of self-referential putting yes. yourself first yes. kind of thing. Yes. And so I do think there's an p- important part to play with remembering the other side, which is a which is about self-denial and mm. and and um, dying to yourself and that kind of stuff and I guess there's this balance to be had yes but I think it's really difficult
0: yeah you put that really well I I I do completely agree with you because Rachel and I have have had this discussion you know is there a right place for ego we know that ego ego can be very destructive and it can Mm. be false it can be a, a just this kind of this um you know, persona we put on that isn't the true real us. But I think what you were talking about and what this Nick is talking about is actually delving down to the real who we actually are made yes, to be. Yes. Past all the addictions and the hurts and the flaws and the sin and everything, but who God actually made us to be. Because I don't think we're meant to be this kind of monocultural people. I think God has created diversity in his. In his creation. And so, you know, Rachel used to say, well, am I supposed to so deny myself and be like Jesus? And that's quite difficult as a woman because Jesus was a man. So are we all meant to look? <laughs> you know, is the goal of our lives to become exactly like this man, yeah, Jesus, yeah. who was the only perfect human being there's ever been? Or is Jesus showing us a way to be fully authentic to who we are? and i would certainly think the latter that actually what jesus models for us and why we can follow jesus is he's showing us what it's truly like to be the the best human version of ourselves
1: i agree and i think i think the the, the issue is that both extremes contain a lie just thinking yes, you know yes, aloud yep. about it in that the extreme of uh you know i my goal is purely myself yes is a lie because you are not the only person in the universe, and yeah. you, you, and, and there are others yeah. there, and it's not all it is genuinely it's not all about you, yeah you know so that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's I agree the, yeah the other extreme of you know total denial and let us get rid yeah. of all individuality is a lie because yeah. it can never be done no and and I mean I've read for example, a lot of the desert fathers um mm. what one of the interesting things about it is their goal was. I don't think it's healthy in some respects. Mm. You know, I think they're no. really amazing, but, the, but not healthy in some respects, which is to the complete denial of self and, mm. and the beating down of any, any mm. kind of sense of individuality and, and, yeah. and almost a humiliating thing. Mm. And, of course, the, the point is they've all got different characters and it comes out in mm. their, their words yeah. and writings. Yeah. And, and so you can never really do it anyway. And, and it seems to me that what you're trying to do there is to deny the creator... You know, to deny the creativity yeah. of the creator. Yeah. For me, I suppose a healthy ego. I don't really understand all the mm. psychological terms, but it's about knowing enough about who you are mm. to serve others without yeah. and, and and to yeah. express your own gifts without wanting to crush others, without wanting yeah, to beat yeah. others. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. Well said. I hate agreeing with you because, as you know, yeah, it doesn't you, make for no, a very no, interesting podcast. But this is. But you're right.
1: Well, I think it's it's uh, yeah, I think it's just a really good question and the, and it's a constant battle for me to 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 weigh those two things up, yeah. I reckon.
0: And I think of someone like St Francis of Assisi who you know, took on that vow of poverty and sort of did deny the riches of his background, but
1: was still very authentically Francis, it seems to me. Yeah. But it's a very real question mm. to lead us mm. into the later discussion yeah. on mid- faith crisis yeah. because one of the things that, that happens in mid crisis is you realize you've spent all your time in a church maybe doesn't do a lot for you kind of thing yeah and then your natural inclination is to separate away from that yes exactly and that might be really important for a time but actually to just be away from from a community yeah. as we've talked about a lot is not yes, necessarily certainly. good either no so exactly right. there's that Constant thing. Anyway, really, really thought-provoking. Thank you, Nick. That was
0: really good, Nick. Thanks a lot. Great to hear from you and much love to you and Linda. Steve says, hi, Joe, and I like this, and in brackets, and of course, Nick. Thank you for your prioritisation there, Steve. Thanks very much. But I have he says, a healthy ego, so I don't, <laughs> I don't need the affirmation. <laughs> he says, I came across the following picture from David Hayward, a.k.a. the naked pastor. And it's a... It's a so, so pic- Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, that's a thing, the naked pastor. Anyway, I know it's been a thing yeah. throughout history, but yeah, we yeah. don't need to go there. <laughs> he says... So picture, if you will, a man with a T-shirt on. And, and on the T-shirt, it says, Ex-Evangelical. And right. he's he's chained to a ball that says evangelical. So he's wearing a T-shirt that says it's right. evangelical and he's chained to a ball that says evangelical. OK, good. You've got that. And he says, and I thought this fits in nicely with discussions about coming out of the mid-faith crisis. And one comment on the picture struck, uh, struck me. And it was this. One of my friends started saying ex-evangelical and evangelical were two sides of the same coin because ex-evangelicals were very evangelical about their own movement. (laughs) (laughs) They also define themselves by what they're against, which is healthy for a time, but unhealthy if you stay there. This is certainly something I have found myself doing from time to time, essentially becoming an evangelist for deconstruction and your own faith journey because you want others to experience the same. But what I'm learning is that faith is a personal and bespoke journey, not some systematic process or beliefs that we were all trying to fit into. And he says, thanks again, Steve. Steve, that's great. Thank you. Mm. And it Mm. does uh, very nicely lead us into this question. Uh, that we've been hinting at for a while, which is, you know, how do you know the mid faith crisis is over? How do you know when you're through it?
1: Um, and it I realise, but I suppose picking up from Steve is also yeah. how do you kind of navigate it without sort of becoming yeah. a, an, an extremist about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, without becoming, becoming an evangelical it, for it. Without yeah. boring <laughs> others. <laughs> rigid about it. It's <laughs> such a good question, isn't it? Thanks so, for sending that. Yeah. All right. So let's start this off. I mean, it might be good. Mm. place joe to begin with what we mean by mid-faith crisis as yeah. we begin another year maybe we've yeah exactly up, maybe we've gone up to 18 listeners now we've picked yeah, up one. exactly who knows? <laughs> who knows we'll have lost a
0: few along the way uh, many, just a na- many. just a natural causes most probably yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah so mid-faith crisis is is really a kind of i think probably an onslaught of questioning a series of questions that eventually lead us to feel isolated from the church community we're in so very often a question will be like can I really believe the world was created in six days Mm. and then you hear some answers you read some books and you go no I can still I can still believe in evolution and believe what the bible says you know this is this is not a story that's meant to be taken literally but the rest of it we largely take literally and then maybe you'll read a bit more and you'll start questioning the violence of the bible for example you might think well perhaps you know i don't know how i can quite square so you do your apologetics and you ask your pastor and you read some great and you get some answers that are sort of satisfactory and then you start to meet muslims and hindus and people of other faith traditions and people of no faith traditions and you realize they're living really exemplary lives and you start to question the exclusivism of perhaps some of the tradition you grew up in and so you search for answers and generally again you can find answers Mm. Uh, within the church but then then you start questioning other things well can i can i question the virgin birth narratives can i question the stuff on homosexuality in the bible can i do this and still belong to the church community we... and then what happens is you start to feel a disconnect as church but increasingly is about teaching and singing and you discover that perhaps you don't like the singing or you don't really mm. get much from the teaching and so that journey comes on it leads to this kind of aching and what we've called the mid-faith a crisis where you wonder well am I growing is this going to go on is it time to leave this behind I'm not really sure what I believe anymore can I hang on to faith do I stay going to church and all those kind of questions so that's the, that's a kind of summary intro is that fair yeah no I think
1: it's good that we, we hmm. I think people obviously come from different points you know in hmm. terms of yes, what you've exactly. believed and what you're leaving yeah. behind uh, I think one of I suppose I would think that often the two things go very closely together the experiential and the 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 theological questions if you like You know in other words you could have all kinds of Philosophical questions and as long as As long as I think The experience of church Mm. Is still nourishing you You can sort of Compartmentalise those or deal with those I think Once either side gets too loud Or you know Mm. once the, the Questions get too loud then that can change Or once the Experience of church Dries up Mm. where you suddenly get that point where you think what why am am i doing here yeah exactly what is this all about because i've been doing this for so long and then i think it becomes a real crisis those kind of you know and and sometimes a
0: personal crisis be it a you know indeed moral moral failure or a redundancy or a divorce or you know illness whatever it happens to be that can be the catalyst for a mid-faith crisis sometimes you are badly let down by your faith leader or they've You know, fallen from a great height or whatever, and that can lead to a massive sense of disillusionment
1: with faith and the reality of it. I suppose it's about that cognitive dissonance, isn't it? It's about that that being told one thing but actually feeling Mm. something totally different. Yes, and that's that can happen at any time and can go on happening quite a lot. (laughs) So, so yeah, and I think what we've always tried to do within this podcast is say this is this is not a blip that you mm. go through this is a really really important yes, part of life absolutely and it's a gateway into a deeper faith it's not a point where everything's going to fall apart in in a mm. negative way it can actually be rebuilt it's kind of
0: it's an invitation to go much deeper uh into the divine into the mm. tradition into into god if you want but uh, but it, it, certainly while you are deconstructing it feels like the whole stack of cards is falling down and mm. that's a very vulnerable feeling and that's when people need a safe place where they can question and not be judged and not be criticized and not being told they're backsliding or losing faith or they're on a dangerous slippery slope or whatever language Mm. we tend to use from time to time. But, you know, and hence why there's a podcast here, because you all belong here and you're very welcome for as long as you like. So stay tuned if you're there.
1: Yes, absolutely. And because community remains vital and isolation yeah. Is actually really unhelpful, and that's part of the challenge of it. Because yeah. part of the difficulty in mid faith crisis is that you do become more separated in some ways mm. from people around you. You yeah. certainly feel that way. So it is important to find others to 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 be mm. with through this mm. through this journey. But I think uh, the the question comes back because here we are mm. in what is now the fifth year. We're entering our fifth year <laughs> yeah. of this podcast. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah
1: and the and and i suppose the issue is shouldn't you be over it by now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes. i think i would start by saying that i think once you enter this phase this this time of your life as it were yeah i don't think you ever quite leave it i for no. me i'm not yeah. sure that it ever stops and that actually it becomes a new place to live yes uh so and dealing with these questions the questions sort of change their nature. So, um, mm. what previously we characterised as a as a problem, mm. in a sense, becomes actually a, yeah. a possibility. Yeah. Um, and it's like people. It's like that business cliche, you know. This is not a problem. It's an opportunity. Yeah. Have you heard of, That's right. Yeah. I, that. I often quote that to people about me. If you, yes. you say work, working <laughs> with me, I'm not a problem. I'm an opportunity. In fact, I think I might have it on my gravestone. Um, <laughs> so what I would say is, it's, I think that it's actually a new place of living or a new way of living. It feels like everything's fallen apart at the time, and it yeah. feels like you've, you know, it's destructive. But actually, yeah. I think it becomes a place to dwell. Yeah. And therefore, I don't think you'll ever will go back. No, you exactly. can't go back.
0: And 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 certainly, you know, faith. Um, you, you know questioning and doubts you thought were the opposite of faith, but what happens I think when you're when you're moving through this and coming to that place of settling in it is oh no that for, you know doubt and questioning is very much a part of faith, yes, and I live with all those questions yeah, absolutely yeah
1: yeah, yeah yeah so i I think there was a moment for me, for example, when i I kind of realized that it was a place to stay for a longer time mm. than i than I expected because I'd had all these questions. You know I'd been assailed by all these questions, trying to hmm. reconcile them and think about this and yeah. that and the other, and particularly about the Bible, which came out in, yeah, in sure. the book that I wrote you know and I remember waking up one morning and I don't know what it was I was thinking about I can't remember the actual issue, but it suddenly occurred to me that I didn't actually have to believe the orthodoxy yeah that i that I wasn't in any there was no job description for me that said I had to do it. I wasn't in any position of yeah. responsibility. I wasn't a clergyman. I wasn't in this, any yeah. other. You know, right. it was so you, liberating. You weren't going to lose your job. Yeah. I suddenly thought, oh no, hang on. I don't have to do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's how it worked for you. I know. Well, that's the point. I wanted to come on to that. <laughs> because that's, okay. get, you know, that's, that's great for Nick, but yeah. you know, yeah, Th- that, that was a great point. No, no, but the point is, I I really understand how hard that must be for people who still live in a place yeah. where that level of orthodoxy is required. And I don't think there's yeah. any easy way around that, actually.
0: It's really hard, because I think if you are a minister of the church or a faith faith leader in a community, you're more likely to get there before the rest of the church. Abs- because you're working true. in that world the whole yes, time in questioning. Yes. But while people are... You know, not there. They're paying your salary, yes. and if you say something that conflicts with how they feel, the Bible absolutely one hundred percent has to be interpreted.
1: Uh, <laughs> you're going to be out on your ear. <laughs> I, I think that is really true, and I've met, I've met, I suppose I've met people in both camps. I've met vicars and ministers who are yeah. much more fundamentalist in their congregation and can't understand why mm. their congregation have doubts. Mm. You know, there's quite a lot yeah. of them I've met in my life. Yeah, sure. And or, or actually worse, their congregation they really aren't bothered about the questions. They just no. don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I've also met a lot of uh, ministers, pastors who are, you know, in a different place. Mm. And they're trying to gently lead mm. their their flock, for want of a better mm. word, um, into, into perhaps a more sort of open way of thinking. And I think that must be tremendously mm. difficult, really hard. Mm. All I meant by that was, yeah. by, the, by the original thing, was about. I suddenly realised, I suppose with it, it was this place that I wasn't really going to move on from. Yeah, sure. That I wasn't going to, it wasn't a problem that I was going to solve. It was a new place to live. Mm. Yeah, that that's sense. Good. Yeah, that's great. So I think in that sense, I don't know whether we should worry too much about the mid-faith crisis ending. I think in that mm. sense, I think we should always be open to these questions and open to the, yeah. the, the way of thinking that we've got. <laughs> but there must be signs when i think we've maybe changed our attitude to... yeah
0: yeah and I, I i i sort of thought of a few ways that perhaps you can identify in yourself that you're becoming settled in the new pace and it's okay
1: great um, give me so, give me those things okay
0: well, so the first one is you're not as angry anymore and you're not angry well you're certainly not angry with the church or other christians i mean you might still be angry at injustice And that's perhaps a very healthy thing to be angry at, actually, reading the Bible. (laughs) But you're not angry at the church and you're not, you know, in that constantly critical stage anymore. You move through it and you're happy. And I think I think how you know is you're happy for the church to be the church. Mm. You know, whether you find a place in it or whether you don't find a place in it. And I think that often depends on the quality of the community. So I know people who've gone through the mid-faith crisis and have withdrawn from church for a while and then have had to sort of find a new community to belong to. Because, as we've said so many times, you've got to have community. We are not islands and we do need that to thrive. And I've known others who've stayed in and they go, well, you know what? This church is really about two things, singing and preaching. And I don't really like either, (laughs) but there's such a wonderful group of people there. I go to connect with the social and also to engage with the any social action the church may be doing, which I think is perfectly legitimate. And also
1: because I think actually what you tend to what you often find is within these groups is there are other people like you There aren't. You're not yeah. actually alone. You thought you might be alone. <laughs> yeah. yes. But yeah. quite often, I mean, might, certainly, might exactly. The, yeah. the, there are lots of other people out there who are still yeah. committed to church and still doing that, but have some, some, yeah. uh, have maybe moved position slightly.
0: And part of your loneliness is that you've started questioning your faith. But a lot of people are very happy not to. Yes, actually, yes. and they will spend their life not questioning. They're just happy to be a part of a church community and go along in it, and that's fine. You yes. know. You don't have to get angry about that. That's that's all right. I think that's a really um, good point. I think the other key thing is that you become happy with not knowing. You become happy with mystery. Mm. You, you, you sort of, all these questions that were so important to get answers to, you've perhaps realised, having really stretched yourself and read and studied and Asked questions, you realized, oh, you you know, perhaps some things there are never really going to be answers for. And I think, you know, we picked up on this. I've got a very weak view of the afterlife. You know, I think that's a very legitimate criticism uh, laid at my door. Um, I don't know. I genuinely don't know what lies beyond the grave. The whole thing about a new body and a new earth is, you know, it's a really comforting thought, but I don't know how it works, but I do think I'm going to be, you know, with the divine, I do think I'm going to be in union with the divine, and I don't think I have to know. If it's mm. really important for some people to know, and certainly people travelling through grief, perhaps, to have that certainty they're going to see someone again and that they're up there and they're reunited with, you know, other dead people, you know, fine, great. We're not going to fall out over that or, you know, I'm not going to try and convince you I'm right or you're wrong, but... Mm. Yeah, I'm just saying for me, I'm happy to live with the mystery of that because I've never found anything that really satisfies in terms of that. And I don't think it's that important. I think how I live now Um, and I I think perhaps that's that's the next thing on the how do you know you're sort of nearing the end of the crisis part of this is you take responsibility for your own growth and you're not blaming others for the lack of it. You know, you've, right. you've moved past getting angry with your church or getting angry with the leader for the sermons they preach or, you know, whatever it is. It's your responsibility to, yes. to grow in Christ yes. and to become more Christ. like And I think perhaps that's the, that that's the final thing I was going to say is, you know, your priority is not criticizing. It's not, being evangelical and telling everyone how right you are to question everything it, you your priority is back on becoming like Christ and becoming you know be, becoming your true self, which is brings us back yes. to where we started the podcast to really, you know you becoming Nick, me becoming Joe and and for that that true Christ likeness to be reflected in our characters you know that's what we're working on. so I'm unashamedly following Jesus as intentionally as I ever have done. But I'm doing it with a lot less religious baggage nowadays, I feel. And that's okay. But at the same time, I'm not criticizing those that I perceive might have more religious baggage. I, you know, that's
1: fine. I think that's really helpful. And I, I did, it's all very linked, isn't it? I mean, mm. when you take responsibility for your own growth, when you think, well, it's mm. up to me. Mm in order to do that you have to let go of any blame of other people but i think actually the more when you do do that my experience is you suddenly realize it wasn't anybody else's fault anyway you know it never was (laughs) you know it it doesn't change it's not like this is suddenly new it was always my responsibility to 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 seek to grow more like christ and to find the ways to help me do that that that's nothing new when you do that then then it's easier to stop any anger Yes because once you once you suddenly see get a different perspective on it, then you can suddenly let go of the mm. the criticisms of the church because yeah exactly. you know the church has got enough on its plate really, without worrying yeah. about me
0: and <laughs> and even and even if you have been let down by a leader, I think you can probably forgive them because guess what they were human <laughs> and, and they and they got they got some stuff wrong and they hurt
1: you and you and know. that might take a long time as well yeah, I mean it does. That's the other thing. Yeah, and yeah, so maybe that's again where community helps where somebody alongside you helps because actually in order to take more responsibility in a sense for our spiritual formation we actually do need the help of others funnily enough absolutely and and they can't do it for me but they can help me along the way and when
0: i talk about forgiving i'm I'm not please don't think i'm in any way cheapening that i think forgiveness is a process i think in some cases it can take years and years i do not mean you know forgetting i think sometimes forgiveness is remembering you know, with all that stuff we've said about forgiveness before, but I, I do think forgiveness is a, a hallmark of Christian character. I don't, and as we've said many times, it's not something we do for the whoever it is
1: we're forgiving. We're doing it so that we can be
0: set yeah. free and become who we're meant to be. So. I,
1: I have, I, I mm. think, in my other part of my work, I've met people who have forgiven and are forgiving mm. their persecutors day by day. And mm. it is the most remarkably powerful Sixth thing in their lives. Extraordinary. Is absolutely yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. And it yeah. and and it is. You're right. It's 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 perhaps the most characteristic thing about being Christian. I think is that sense of uh, forgiving our enemies. I, I think genuinely, you
0: perhaps you know, there's evidence for the creator for you right there because I don't yeah. think you can do that without divine
1: power. Really, no. Sometimes I really don't. So that's really so. Now I'm going to recap on those points, and then I yeah. think we need to call it a day because yes, it's absolutely we've, oh, it's we've rambled long. on long oh, enough. Look, so, again. as I remember, you're, firstly, how do we know we're in a better place? We're not necessarily yeah. out of the crisis because yeah. maybe we're never going to be out of the crisis. Yeah. And and crisis yeah. uh, <laughs> c- comes from the Greek word krinain, which means decision oh. point. So we've always got oh. decisions to make every day. Oh, okay, so we're never going to be out of that. I didn't yep. know that could have, did, could have did the Shed book. You're anyway, um, yeah. You're no, 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 <laughs> no. You are you're a very clever man. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll just nick other, <laughs> other people's ideas. Um, so anger. There's, yeah, yeah. You're I not angry. Not. Yeah. You're comfortable with mystery. Yeah. You take responsibility for your own growth and spiritual yeah. formation. Yeah. And your focus is being more Christ-like every day. I
0: think
1: so. That sounds like a really good sort of okay. set of goals there we go <laughs> let's do, do it know, we'll add I th- that to our I words think, <laughs> i think this podcast might accidentally have been helpful for one <laughs> it, it's a miracle
0: don't worry we'll get back on it next week <laughs>
1: uh well thank you everybody for listening and yeah, thanks, uh for being you. with us on this journey wherever you yeah. are in the mid-faith crisis yeah. Uh, thank you for all those who contribute do write in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org and uh, let us know what you think about this what you think about uh, other issues we've talked about today or or anything frankly Mm. Uh, and we will be back with you next week yes we will in the meantime we hope you will be very kind to yourselves